behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black face. Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to this week's Squatch DTV for today's date, October 9th, 2022. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with the main man down there from the great state of Kentucky, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Good to see you, bud. What's um, happening? Uh, What's happening? Same old stuff. It's starting to cool up around here. The hot weather bit. is yep. done. Yeah, we're I'm almost ready to get to turn start turning the heaters on at night, but not yet. Not yet. It's oh, we're, we we've had the heat on because we've had a oh. couple of nights that have dipped into the high thirties, low forties. Well, so. I'm uh, you know still on the frugal thing, so I'll probably end up throwing an extra blanket on for a little while, at least till maybe the first of December. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, we almost got a late start today, and I apologize, folks. Was I was on pre-show? Me and Steve was talking about the. I got got on a, a rant about the price of eggs. <laughs> yeah, about the price of everything. <laughs> like yeah. whoa, um, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, maybe down the road, everything will start coming down again. Who knows? But yeah, for now, I, it's just. Ugh. It's it's really tough right now, yeah. But uh, maybe maybe we'll see some relief. 
Hope, hope you know, so. Nick, Nick, Nicky down there in Texas just said, oh, man, my air conditioner just kicked on. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, benefits Nikki, of living. I, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, even in the, the dead of winter, the most we would need. Well, that was in Alamogordo, New Mexico now. So uh, in the dead of winter, the most we would need was just a little light jacket, like a lane breaker, or a rain breaker, excuse me. And, uh, oh, yeah, by that afternoon, you know, hey, you were still you're in the T-shirt. Know, but, uh, mild, mild weather. And I suppose it's got a lot milder, you know, now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, well, let's do our weekly roll call. Yeah. Um, according to the stats here, we have forty-one in chat right now watching. So, uh, let's see who popped in. The first in this week was Ammon Chris. I don't know if he's still out there. Ammon Chris. Ammon Chris. Matt Rudy. Matthew. Hello, Lance Matt. Windsor. Lance is in the house. Joe, Joe Snyder from Western New York Bigfoot hey, Investigation Joe. Group. Lester yeah. Taylor, hello. Mr. Lee Threepio, good to see you again, sir. Grasshopper Three. is in the house. Uncle Bones in the house. Uncle Bones. Chessboard in the house as well. Says he's on the way back to the asylum, but we'll listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course, Mick, Mick is in, uh, in the house saying oh, happy look. Canadian Thanksgiving. If it's Thanksgiving in Canada. Well, happy Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, Jay Fritz in the house. Of course, Nikki from Harry Man Hoaxes Jay. and Hoodwinks. Nikki. Uh, who else? Do, 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 do. This is where I start to have to. Uh, uh, Joe Dryden's in the house. Thank you. Brent from the Tall Ones is in the house. Finding the trackway. Raptor Crazy. Uh, Donald Fuller. Going down, going yeah, down, going down. down. Going down. Lockbeard in the house. Lockbeard. Lockbeard, hello. Of course, the missus is in the house as well. Hi, Sherry. Uh, uh, oh, there we are. Uh, Stephen Barcelo from the Cryptozoology and Paranormal Museum. Hello. Hey. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you on board. Yeah. Low rider in the house. Mark hey, Henry. Man. I know who Mark Henry is. Hello. And uh, my good friend from uh, the Buffalo area. Uh, Roger Bowles is in the house as well. Roger. Uh, and Angel Nolan. Let's not forget Angel. Angel. Good to um, see so I think we got everybody that said something in chat. So hello, everybody. Welcome. And tonight we're going to do something a little uh, savoir faire. Uh, we are going to open. We are going to paste the invite link in the chat in a few seconds uh, after we, we do our, our little weekly roundup of little uh, cacophony of photos this week. Um, none any good, at least not in my opinion. Uh, unfortunately, that happens sometimes. Um, but we'll, uh, oh, and Jen is in the house. Hello, Jen. Uh, well, there was one interesting one, but uh, we already know the story on that one. Yes, yeah, it was interesting to look at, but like, uh, let's look at the end. Let's look at the so, uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, for those who don't know and are in the New York area, uh, even the Ohio area, Pennsylvania area, uh, October 22nd, I will be in uh, at the Chautauqua Lake Bigfoot Expo uh, on the beautiful Camp Oneasa in DeWittville, New York. Um, you know, this is they, they haven't had one in a few years thanks to COVID, but it's coming back. And uh, it's going to be uh, headlining will be Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Myself, uh, Seth Breedlove, uh, Paul Matea, a great researcher out in the western uh, west area, um, and um, 
you know, Peter Weimer will be talking as well. So it should be a really good time. Can't wait. Um, and uh, be good talking to Dr. J, Dr. Jeff again, not Dr. J, Dr. Jeff. <laughs> we know who Dr. J is. Yeah, yeah. We certainly know who Dr. J is, don't we, folks? Beep. Uh, yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> no, we'll be Dr. Jeff. Um, and, Do they uh, have a, a lake monster up at Lake Sh uh, Chautauqua? No. Not that I know. They should have, because that would be cool. <laughs> you can I call mean, him Chalky or something. Chalky. Yeah. Chalky, yeah. Uh, call him something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is Chautauqua had made the national news um, when uh, that 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 uh, writer um, who wrote the Satanic Verses, I forget his name. Um, oh, oh. But there was a fatwa uh, put up against him by, uh, you know, the uh, radicals. and Anton something, something. I don't no, know. I, I forget his Adnan. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, somebody stabbed him, you know, as he was on stage in at the Chautauqua Institute. Well, And it's amazing because I pass by, you know, I always pass by the Chautauqua Institute when I go to DeWittville. Yeah. Uh, to the the conference and very interesting uh very interesting place uh as it is but it made the national lose because of that and uh, you know hopefully he'll he'll recover uh but yeah that's it salman rushdie thank you joe oh uh, salman okay. rushdie yep um wow uh yeah and it was like wow uh must have been a rough uh presentation to get stuck <laughs> yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> I've been having some bodyguards for my presentation this year. <laughs> yeah, you better wear a bulletproof vest or something. Well, wear a helmet for the tomatoes. <laughs> I'm bringing a salad bowl. Eggs, you know. Somebody, somebody yeah, brings a salad shooter. A salad shooter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Who put the radishes in there? <laughs> um, oh, man. But anyway, uh, well, to, uh, let's let's look at some of the pictures, and then we'll get into them. What we're gonna do? Uh, yeah, uh, finding the uh, yeah uh, three hours drive. It's in range. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, it's a four and a half hour drive for me. So, you know, uh, yeah, you know, come visit. It'll be a great time. It's a uh, it's always a wonderful time there. Uh, there'll be a lot of interactions. You'll get to have one on one interactions with everybody speaking there, and you know, exchange some ideas. It's really a great forum, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, uh, let's pop up some of these pictures. This is picture, picture number picture. one. Yeah, yeah. Picture number one, a railroad. Uh, kind of hard to say what that is. I mean, could be, may not be. I don't know. You know, you just don't know. There's not enough information on this one just yet. So I don't know. I don't know if I've seen this one before. This could be an old one, too. I, I'm but, not. Yeah. Um, I remember there was. That's right. It's not. But. There, it's not. I'm thinking of one that was probably about ten years ago. There was one off of a train as well, mm. and I believe that was from Canada. I'm not quite sure where, where this one is. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting, uh, but you yeah. know that's the thing. It's you don't really know what that is down there. Right. And of course, this one was being passed around as being uh, a true one. Oh, I don't have to. And this one was being passed around as being 
Yeah, uh, I, I like this one. <laughs> yeah. And what this one is is actually a recreation. This is actually a recreation that Monster Quest did that somebody basically screenshot and started posting around there as an actual yeah. uh, Bigfoot. Um, oh, we can. Uh, I don't know if Nikki's talking about this one or the. Uh, but this one is a is a, uh, a CGI creation by Monster Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Steve popped and, this one up. I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> and now we have this one. And this one's pretty, pretty uh, telling as well. And I'm doing it again. I got it. There we are. So it's this one where it says, "Me, great English here. Me and my wife. Have, for your English teachers, it should be my wife and I. But me and my wife were riding around looking for deer last evening, and saw this around 200 yards away in a field, looking for a deer. Looking." Uh, toward a deer we have never seen anything like this in the field before but you know if you look at it there is just to me i don't know it just looks too if they're moving you notice how everything looks kind of blurry but this thing kind of is very um obviously it was probably done with a fleer or um, tried to mimic a thermal imager uh possibly in dark mode but the problem I have here is the object itself is dark. Yeah. Um, if this is the, the door jam to the or part of the vehicle or, right. you know, you're looking out the window and shooting that, um, that is the same color as that. Now, one would expect this area to be cold and this to be hot. So they should be contrasting colors. Mm. What do you think so, Chris? Yeah, I would think, but we don't really know the whole story, though. They may have had the defrosters on or heater on. But I, I don't, I don't think that would really... That's not That wouldn't really my issue, though. I, yeah. I was... The issue is everything's blurry except this <laughs> very sharp, sharp figure. It almost looks like it was kind of photo-plopped in there. I, the, I don't know. The, but Yeah, the black part is kind of uh, pretty well-defined, and then everything out around it is just washed out completely. Yeah. And um, you you know what uh, Mark Henry said, uh, or I'm sorry, who said that? Jen actually made a great statement. That may just be a cutout. Mm. Could be a cutout. That's why it's the same color as the door. That would make mm. sense. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> little writer says it was taken with a the new super quarter megapixel potato cam. <laughs> And Lester says he sees Jesus. That's right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty much what got me. That's the only thing I, that really st stands out to me is everything completely washed out. Yeah. And then the, the, yeah. the figure itself is not, I'm not going to say high resolution, but there's some pretty clear, clean edges, you know. So it's, it's not washed out like uh, the background right next to it. Right, except the lower half, which is very interesting. Yeah. Too. You can't see the lower. I mean, it, right. I, I'm not buying it uh, for one second uh, until unless there's more information. I mean, obviously, where is the you know video to this? Or why is it just right. a picture? You know, so something doesn't really make sense. Oh, me. if they made a clear video, that would be great to look at. That would be good. Yeah. Well, we as we know, um, videos are much more difficult to manipulate possible if you have the right skill set and then a photo 
photos are a piece of cake to manipulate. Okay, so what are we going to do tonight? What we're going to do tonight is, uh, for the first time ever, we, we used to do this uh, when we were over on Blog Talk, Chris. Yeah. We used to have open line nights, call in the show, tell your story, tell, you know, tell your opinions on stuff, tell us off, whatever you want to do. <laughs> that got um, to be fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I got to, and we, we love that spontaneity and just the type of show where <clears throat> you never know what's going to happen. Um, any beer tonight? No, actually, I'm drinking cider. This is uh, actually an apple cider. Um. So, um, I'm still drinking ski. It looks like green. It looks kind of looks like antifreeze. Well, I also have. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> the green oh, screen. The green wild. screen. Yeah, the green screen kind of uh, made my energy drink kind of disappear because <laughs> it's lime green. Same color as the green screen behind me. Oh. <laughs> but you notice it's it's the green screen behind me. Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> anyway, we can we can see through you. So we haven't problem. done this uh, since the blog talk days, and it's been a few years, probably a good yeah. three and a half years since we had an open line night. So what we're gonna do is um, we are you know, now. If you want to tell your Bigfoot story, come on board. We're not gonna beat you up. We want to hear it. Um, you know, uh, this is this this is the time to turn around the show. You want to come on and ask a question. You want to argue something we've said in the past. Uh, this is your time. Uh, this is the time to do it. We're going to put the invite uh, the invite code in the chat room. So, of course, you can use your smartphone on a browser. And uh, so there it is. Should be out there in a second. So yep. uh, there it is, the chat room link. So if somebody wants to come on, tell their story. We'll put you on. Well, we're looking forward to hearing it. We haven't done this before. There are actually a couple shows that do this. Um, uh, uh, show, uh, oh, I forget the name of it, but it's uh, run by Mogion and Arthur Walk. Just watch, just snuck in the, <laughs> just snuck in the chat room. Hey, so there you have it. And uh, you know, let's see if anybody will bite. Uh, you know, and, and you know, the funny thing, this is a a pure, uh, you know. Oh, look! Look who popped on first. Oh, Hello, he Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't come on to tell my story. People have heard that enough, man. I just came <laughs> out I like being with you guys. Good to see you, man. So, and good to see you in good health. We know you had a couple of days in the hospital uh, last month, a few days in the hospital last month, and you know, unfortunately, but we're good to see you're up and smiling and podcasting again. And the amazing thing, Joe comes home from the. Joe comes home from the hospital same day he's on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think That's I was. Tough. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Um, Can't keep a good man down. No, no, not at all. So, uh, in case, in case, and Chris doesn't even know this yet, Joe. Yeah, but, right. you know, Chris does not even know this, but on October 20, October 30th, the show of October 30th, the day before Halloween, <clears throat> we were not going to be able to have a show because I'm having oral surgery on the 28th. And I don't think my, my mouth will be in full gear <laughs> to handle a show. So I've asked Joe if he could 
guest host the show, I'll still be in the background running, you know, making sure everything run right, runs right, and do a show. And if I'm able to say a few words, I'll say a few words. <laughs> but I'll I'll keep completely off it, and Joe Joe will have the the the, the wheelhouse, and Chris will be there to back him up. I think it'll be a fun time, and that way we keep the show going. Me and you, Chris. Sounds Hello. fun. Yeah, there you there you go. Everybody's trying to uh, coax um, Don Fuller to come on. <laughs> come on, on Don. Come on, we don't buy. Yeah, there's the link again. But uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, now now Joe, you're having a you're having a, an interesting show tomorrow. Uh, we won't get into the nuts and bolts of that, but. You'll be on with uh, Leon. Yep. Um, coming on with me. Yep. With uh, yeah, our friend, good friend Bigfoot Okanagan, who is back in action as much as he can be. Um. So really, really uh, cool thing. Um, and it's good to see him popping around. Surprised we haven't seen him slide in today. <laughs> yeah, he's out there. And uh, Mick just said, Steve, I thought this was an open blouse show. You guys have your shirts on. <laughs> you, you don't uh, want to see this, man, without oh, Mick. You don't want to see this without a shirt. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, and people are giving it people are giving it to Don to come on. I would, but Steve never saw me backstage. He didn't even see me during what? Steve would never <laughs> see me backstage, you know. <laughs> during shout outs or shootouts. Oh, come on on, Don. It'd be fun to have. Yeah, man. Um Yeah, if Donald. I mean if you if you feel like you're ready, Donald, because Donald's been telling, you know, basically sure. that he's he's you know, it's still traumatic. And I told him to wait, you know, and you know, he'll know when he's ready to tell it. And if you are, man, I'd love to hear it myself. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, um, and, and Joe, I, you know, I understand you may be making it <clears throat> to Chautauqua as well. That would be awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm not going to be a speaker, man, but I'm, you know, I'm just coming to watch one guy speak really. I know Dr. Meldrum's going to be there. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what you ruined it, man. I was, you were going to say. I was waiting for you to say, yeah, me. And I was like, no, Meldrum. But I uh, <laughs> see I ruined it. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> that's right, Don. Uh, again, um, you know, if you're not ready, that's okay. Yeah. But at some time, even if you just want to call me and tell your story, my number's always there for you, brother. Yep. And, uh, you know, Dave Groves, who's a good buddy of mine, lives out in the Ohio area. Um, uh, he too was very traumatized and by actually getting him up and talking about it really pushed him to feel a lot better about it as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that, that's a, that's a real cool thing. I mean, l let's face it. Um, and, and I talk about this quite a bit. If, if this thing is not in your, your campsite in your head, and then all of a sudden, there it is. That's going to cause some people, in certain cases, you know, PTSD. It's a trauma. I mean, Joe, you know, you you yourself, 
you know, what kind of, I mean, I mean, it how much did it haunt like, you afterwards? Huh? How much did it haunt you after your sighting? It still does. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've, I've, I've had, I had P PTSD previous to that whole thing, but so it didn't help any when it came to PTSD, but um, honestly, yeah, it still haunts me still. I mean, it's still pretty fresh. It's only a little over two years ago that it happened. So, um, another another question for you is, you know, did did it occurring? Did you have recurring nightmares about it too? I mean, was it something you dreamt about actively? Actually, no, no. I did have one dream about it, but um, I wouldn't say nightmares. No, I, I at least I don't recall them. Yeah. Um. But uh, I did have one pretty vivid dream. I still recall that, and, <coughs> and it was uh, I was I was I you know it it, it 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 was the way most dreams go. You know, I was living somewhere that's not actually where I live right now, yeah. but I was living somewhere, and somebody came over and they were like, "Man, you got to see it! You got to see it! They got a they got one! They got one!" And I'm like, "They got one? What, man?" He's like, "They got a Sasquatch." He's on a train car in a cage on a on a train car down 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 the street. It's a crossing, and I'm like, okay, so I gotta go see this. So I go running down there, and so and then and then of course the dream jumps from me leaving to go there. Then all of a sudden I'm there, and I see the cage, and I see this huge hairy hominid in this cage, and it's got his it's it, it's got its back towards the you know and i walk up to the cage and i'm looking i'm like holy shit that's really real and then he turns around and it's rasta gotcha and in my dream i was like no man no 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 you guys gotta let him go you gotta let him go you have to let him go and so they're like we're not letting him go are you kidding this is the find of the century and all this other stuff i'm like no you gotta let him go he doesn't belong in there you gotta let him go and uh the and and then so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let him go. But so then again, as dreams do, it switches and suddenly it's nighttime and I'm walking up to the cage. There's nobody around, nobody guarding it, right? This is how dreams go. There's no guards, there's no security. And I walk up, I got a pair of bolt cutters, and I walk up and there's Rossi's squatted in the corner of the cage, and he sees me and he stands up. And I and I and I show him the bolt cutters and I go, okay, man, I'm gonna let you out of here. And when I cut this bolt, or if I when I cut this lock and let you out, don't eat me. <laughs> don't and hurt I me. Cut yeah. the lock and I open the door and he stepped out, and that's when the dream ended. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to add what Lester said. Uh to uh, Sasquatch Wizard Adirondacks. You want you want to pop on in? Go right ahead, grab the link. Come on in. You know, all you need is an Android phone, uh, uh, an iPhone, or a computer, and pop on over. And um, yeah, not, yeah, that's the thing I can recall having after it. Yep. Not everybody wants to talk about their experiences, and it's fine. No, and that's, that's fine too. Yep, absolutely. And and Don, we understand, brother. So yeah. I understand that, that yeah. you know. But just to that. reiterate, um, yeah, Donald, you could call any one of us individually, privately. You could call Steve. You could call me. You could call Leon. Um, and if you wanted to talk about it privately, 
with any of us, man, we'd be willing to listen to you and help you through it. If it's really so causing you, you know, I'm not a psychologist, man, but maybe just through my own experience and dealing with being basically traumatized myself, I might be able to help you out. I don't know, but you could talk to any one of us, man, privately, if you wanted to do that before you told everybody else, you know, <laughs> so imagine the, imagine the shed uh, SWA is cooking dinner which I completely understand both of you guys Matt what the hell are you doing in the shed yeah. <laughs> oh he's um, probably working on a new camera mount bet you probably yeah, yeah. designing a new um, um, what do you call them things Gimbal. Oh. Hey. new gimbal hey gimbal Thank you. Am and Chris, good to see you, brother. Hey, hey how's it going? Can you hear good. me? Yeah, I can hear you yeah. loud and clear. Welcome. Right on. I'm on mobile out in Oklahoma. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Just wanted to say keep up the good work, guys. Oh, thank you, sir. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Got any good, good stories for us? <laughs> uh, taking off. Well, well uh, I don't know what you want to hear. Whatever you want to talk about. This is your guy's show. If you want to talk about a sighting or your research or anything you want to talk about, open open board. The floor's yeah. yours. I just want to say I think that Bigfoot is an ape, the same that I am. Amen. And I believe like, that too. Flesh and blood. I, I, I feel that covers both bases as far as like, you know, ape versus person, person versus, you know, whatever. Yep. Maybe I don't think highly of people, but, you know, I deal we're apes we're animals too yep. but anyway uh that's all you guys have a great night all right you too am and chris thanks for Good calling in, brother. thanks well that was awesome it's nice to see a face to yeah, yeah. some folks there <clears throat> um but yeah you know now i, get I was kind of we, we were kind of going through a list yes joe i said yeah now you kind of i i have a I see him in the chat, so now I got a face to put oh. with the, yeah. Yeah. the name now. Yeah, cool. Now, I got a... Um, uh, <laughs> I was having thoughts about, well, we put this out in there. You know, who doesn't like us that sees that link and is pondering upon coming on? You know... Is his initials RD? Uh, could be. You never know. But he's not here. Um, but then again, you know, Dyer doesn't hate my guts, you know, RR, uh, there's somebody that could show up <laughs> and you know, who I'm talking about Joe. Oh, I know. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah. Think about this. Kind of um, like a candy. Oh, okay. I got you. I got or, you. or a cough drop? Cough drop. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, Need a cough drop. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised we haven't seen him to take his opportunity to uh, try to. But, you know, that that's the, the way it is. People are, are, are feel fine about not confronting other people. I kind of, you know, the one we talked about first, uh, R.D., he would do that if he probably knew. But I wasn't going to make that well-known to him or um, 
Well, any chance to get his face out there, he'll but, take you know, it guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, like somebody come on and say, you know, well, I don't believe that Bigfoot's flesh and blood, and I think you're wrong. Well, let's talk about it. You know, uh, I am willing to look at any actual real evidence that somebody can put forth that supports that. I'm willing to look at it. Well, there's if a question. Got real evidence. Steve, haven't you made peace with Richter yet? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, somebody needs to apologize, and and um, that you know, no. Call me a fraud because I have a difference of opinion with him. Yeah. Sorry, no beans. Nope, nope. Uh, I'm sorry. He wants to. He wants to play the victim card all the time. Once, I mean, how many people has he turned? you know, his back on. And unfortunately, that's one of the sad things about that. You know, he has, you know, stabbed many of people that he called friend in the back, uh, you know, and that's it, you know, see ya. Uh, I've got better time. Uh, and my time is precious and I'd rather be spending it with people that, you know, are friends, not somebody that's going to put a knife into your back. Yep, and even uh, Nikki said that too as well. He turned against me too. Um, of course. You know, and you know, what what friend hasn't he turned his back on? Um, unfortunately, uh, that's the way it, it goes. Um, he has his opinion, I have mine. But, you know, it's very, very strange how he cozies up to people, tries to get them for a lot of information and tries to get in the know and then turns around and stabs in the back when he feels that, you know, you're no good to them or you don't agree with him. And, um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, um, I have no time for that. No use for those kind of people. I have no use for, you know, people that say they're my friend and then act otherwise. Mm -hmm. Simple as that, right. you know, or at least call me and discuss it. So. Right. Oh, by the way, Steve, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, you know, again, we, we like to say it um, for the people that are camera shy. You can always hit stop cam if you don't if you're right. camera shy, and you can hit stop cam, and you'll see a little circle uh, if you don't have an avatar uh, loaded up. You'll see yeah. a little circle, and, and you can still tell your story. Yeah, yeah. and and I appreciate Nikki. I appreciate your comment, Don and Lester. I just don't want to sit there and bash him. It is what it is. It's over, done with. I could care less. Move on. Moving on from that. Um, he is a, a non-issue in the Bigfoot community anyway. So, Well, since we got Joe up here, I'm going to ask Joe some questions. Uh-oh. Ah, Raptor crazy. I'm sending that right not, along. This is not going to be This is not going to be a difficult question. I'm not going to put you on the spot, Joe. No, I just wanted to ask. Ahead, man. You can ask me you, anything you want. You know, with your sighting, Mm -hmm. And you, th you, I'm sure you've played this back a million times, okay? But do you have any regrets from having that sighting? Something you should have done or could have done differently that you didn't do then? Absolutely. Absolutely. I talked about this the other day. <clears throat> uh, the frustration that I have is that I was totally unprepared for it because I wasn't out there doing an investigation. 
I was just going out to get my damn hiking stick that I'd left right. out there. And so I didn't have any cameras with me except for my phone, which was in my back pocket. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I have lots of regrets, man. I, I said this the other day, and I, I'm not being um, facetious or or overgrandizing when I say yeah. this. I probably could have had, like, something on camera that rivaled freaking the PG film, man, that day. Mm-hmm. Now, but I don't I know who. Not because, you know, if I'd have had, you know, if I had a GoPro on my chest, um, if I'd have had a camera running, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I totally regret that. Um, I wish I'd have been more prepared, but I mean, how can you be prepared for something like that? I, I, you know, now had I been like, okay, I'm going out camping and I'm going to be there camping. I'm always taking my cameras when I go camping and I'm always having them running, but this was like just a day trip going out there to get that damn hiking stick. So I had no plans and so totally unprepared. And the whole thing was so unexpected and downright yeah. frightening that that camera phone in my back pocket was just totally forgotten there was no reaching in my back pocket to fiddle with right. the phone when i got this seven and a half foot hairy fucking scary looking thing looking right. at me with a look on its face like you just totally screwed me dude so ah we have somebody here jane norman nomo erectus and hello how are you tonight Oh Jay, and he go. is gone. Oh. <laughs> He's having. Well, that was brief, but maybe uh, Jay's having some technical difficulties. Maybe Genomus erectus. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Jay Nomo erectus. Maybe he needs a Viagra <laughs> if he's got an erectus nomo. <laughs> little blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on that was good chris <laughs> i saw you it was pretty that. good man I, i'm uh i'm stuck on the chat over here <laughs> be back. okay i was the last to call in people are tired <laughs> finding the chat i said last to call in people are tired of hearing from me <laughs> oh we're not but that was a good question, Chris, because nobody's ever actually actually asked me outright that question. So, yeah, it's you know you get to thinking about it. And, well, what what could I have done differently? What should I have done differently? Mm-hmm. And uh, it plays on your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> hell does, man. Hell yeah, does. but given what you know now, do you really wish you had done something different? Well, other than, well, no, no, I, I get what you're asking and yeah, no, because if I'd have done anything else differently, I would have never had the encounter in the first place. Right. And, and look at, I mean, when you sum everything up, would you consider it more of a positive experience now, you know, given the fact that you've entered this and you have so many people, you know, that, you know, you've met over the years you know um yeah for me i mean i you know i you know it's 
Well, it is definitely a positive thing in my mind um, because absolutely I don't have to. I've had at least one question now about Bigfoot answered for me. And that is, do they exist? Hey, hello to Jeff from Pine Island Research. He's in the house. So, yeah. I mean, I, it, yeah. I mean, you can take the encounter for what it's worth. Um, but as a pop, yeah, it's a positive, it's a positive thing for me. Sure. Very interesting stuff going on in the chat today, but everybody's having a good time. And and that's, um, yeah, let me, let me pop that. I'll get to reading the chat here and uh, I'm just uh, off in another world. (laughs) It's really hopping. Yeah, it is. All right. Let's see if we can get him on again. Hello, Jay. You there? Um, He's doing the thumb. He's having audio problems. Uh, okay. Mr. Lee. No, Mr. Lee, I'm not saying it at all. Um, Mr. Lee Wano said, Joe, you wish you wouldn't have seen Sasquatch, maybe a different life then. No, I don't I don't wish I hadn't seen it at all. I'm happy. And as a matter of fact, I mean, if it weren't not and I don't mean this that encounter in particular, but um if it weren't for Bigfoot, the whole phenomenon, I probably wouldn't know half the people I know now, and I'd be missing out on some really good friends like Steve and and, and do, you, do you guys, uh, Joe? Do you know Jay? Oh, I do know popped. Jay, Mr. Jay. Okay, Pitt, he just yeah. popped off, so I don't know what. Yeah, Jay's Jay's a good old codger, man, and he's got one hell of a. Um, I don't know if you'd ever heard his before. Um, I know a lot of people in the chat have heard his encounter when he was eighteen, and I've heard it. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty, it's it's pretty cool. I mean. It wasn't for him when he was 18, but I'm not going to tell his story. He could tell it himself yeah. if he wants to. But, um, yeah, I, I, as far as credibility goes, I give him all the credibility in the world. I absolutely believe that what happened, what he says that happened, happened. Absolutely. You know, I, have you ever heard of, a, of, you know, I see, I know a lot of different, different, encounters in your areas in my areas i should say and it never ceases to amaze me when you're talking to somebody new and they turn around they say oh by the way i had this sighting you know when i was such and such age over here and in the back of my mind was is like yeah well he just had a sighting over there like two years ago Mm. in the same exact area yeah um and that to me just adds so much credibility to the mystery. Yeah. Adds credibility to the sighting. And, um, you know, it was just really, and I'll never forget it was at, at this soccer camp and we were investigating the sighting. And then like a year later, I talked to a police officer that talked about when he was 18 and being a security guard at the soccer camp, he had an encounter. And I was like, what? We were just up there a couple of years ago. This is, and, and his encounter goes, you know, on like 18 years prior to that or 20 years prior to that. So to me, that, that is just so um, um, uh, monumental as far as, ev- you know, it's not evidence, but it's 
evidence you know it's, right. it's kind of hard you know to, between us researchers i mean it's not science evidence but between it's investigative evidence that hey this is the area we need to be so and sometimes too things can happen steve and you start it automatically starts clicking like before you thought had no thought of anything could be related to bigfoot activity you know right. and then uh when you think about something that happened years ago and and you start putting two and two together, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> that was kind of odd, you know. Uh, that, that that may be explainable by something else that happened. You know? <laughs> Jess, Boy, Jess Boy just said something really funny in there. Steve, Jay's beyond Viagra. He needs two popsicle sticks and duct tape. <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Well, I mean, Steve, let me ask you a question. I mean, pretty much, I mean, I've heard you've told me what you saw out there where I keep wanting to go to camp, right? Yep. And that damn spot. So would, wouldn't you say that pretty much the question of existence is pretty much answered for you? Now you're just trying to gather more evidence to figure out what we're all trying to figure out. What are they exactly? What do they do? It, you know, all that stuff, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, when the sightings happened, it was like, okay, uh, there is no, no doubt that these things exist. I mean, I pretty much was in that camp after talking to so many people, but you know, you always have that reservation like, eh, maybe, maybe not. And then all of a sudden, boom, and now it's, it's completely gone. But, you know, I was lucky in the sense that, you know, there are some people that, you know, and we, we've talked about this on the show. Um, uh okay, got you, Jay. <laughs> Working on my stream here. Don't bring me on until I give you a <laughs> thumbs up backstage. Okay, well, Roger that. Um, um you know, I, I always look at um I always look at each case uh, you know individually as a separate, you know, uh crime per se. You know, so the problem is, is that we've had so many people, um, come on. I'm waiting. Jay is in, but I'm just waiting for his thumbs up. Um, and he, we just lost him. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry. I lost my train wreck of thought there for a minute, but, um, y you look at everything individually, um, no matter what, but we've seen this, in our in our background, obviously, we, you know, in our research, we've seen people that have had sightings and then they lose every single bit of, um, I don't want to say reality, but um, they become extremely biased. Mm -hmm. You know, their perception changes to um, um, uh, their perception changes to everything is a Bigfoot now. When you have every the picture, every, yeah. When you have right. the first sighting, it's like after that, oh my god, everything is Bigfoot. Yeah, right. Yeah. But not everybody. Not everybody. I mean, I, oh, I was, you know, yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah. It, or you take a picture. You start taking pictures of woods, and you're seeing Bigfoot in every shadow. Yeah. Um, or every bump in the night becomes a Bigfoot. And we've seen that. I've, I've seen yeah. that in, in all of those manifestations. And that's what I call it. Is basically a manifestation. Mm -hmm. We do have a couple of questions in the chat. Um. Uh, what ev evidence 
you have so far? Um, well, uh, the best piece of evidence I had was the Ford Ann cast, uh, because a year and a half later, um, you know, there was uh, the same individual was cast about a mile away by a different researcher yeah. and, uh, it showed different toast play, which means we're looking at a biological foot, not a stamper. Um, that was probably the strongest piece of evidence that I've collected myself. Um, you know, uh, every, like I said, any video and any picture is, you know, always ambiguous. Um, and it will be no matter, even if you get a face shot of, it's going to be ambiguous because people will mm -hmm. say, uh, it's a mask or it's this right. or it's that or science, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what you, you bring up, you know, or even audio, you're, you're not going to bring anything up that yeah. science will not argue. Um, you know, science will have a hard time arguing that, well, how can you explain this print and this print? Yeah. You know, a uh, year and a half apart, all that. But I digress. Now, the next question is, uh, can Steve give a run through of his experience? Well, uh, I'll give you the Reader's Digest uh, version because uh, I've, I've said this a thousand times on the show. But um, I, I was on, I was in my research area with my team. We were in. I, after a few hours out in the field, we came in to debrief a little bit, get some warm up, get some food, and then head back out. While we were doing that, I went out to my vehicle to get batteries along this dirt road, which leads down to the areas we're in. And at which point I started shining my light around. There was one standing there watching basically our camp. And it looked at me and basically I moved the light and it disappeared. And, you know, the, 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 the people on my team, you know, uh, especially the base camp heard it moving about a couple other people found the scuff mark where it stepped into the ground. And there was a lot of eye shine stuff going on that night, uh, which I can't explain, but that, that was my first sighting. My second sighting was a year later. Uh, I was getting out of my tent to use a tree and I saw a five and a half foot juvenile just take off from, uh, you know, wherever it was standing. You know, I heard me get out of the tent and it took off and I just caught the tail end of it. I didn't want to believe it at first. And the next morning there was some something had left a log behind one of the participants <clears throat> vehicle. So and it wasn't there at 11 o'clock the night prior. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But uh, definitely some real interesting uh, uh, stuff. Um. Um, Steve, Chris, do you think it's fair of people to criticize, denounce any researchers who experiment with foot pack track creation for purposes of research? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> so, so what you're saying is, is somebody who hoaxes a bunch of footprints to see what people would say about them. Uh, that wouldn't be good. It wouldn't. And the reason why is yeah. uh, what, what value does that have? What scientific value does that have? Um, you know, because it's not done enough times in enough places across different cultures and uh, different you know, yeah. peoples of different income levels and stuff like that to be a sociological or psychological experiment. So it makes no sense why somebody would do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never seen the, oh, why? So I can have an I gotcha moment. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, good juju at all. To do that. Um, hey, there's Leon. Hey, Leon is in the house. <clears throat> 
Um, but uh, are you finding the trackway ass are these things really that fast? They're pretty fast. Um, the five and a half foot one was gone, of course. You know, I only see it for that split second, but it it, it was like gone. So yeah, it was fast. It it probably took off about I'm guessing maybe about you know 15 to 20 miles an hour. But if you think about it, your field of vision, something going by 15 miles an hour into a tree line really is not a lot of time. See, that that's the one thing I, I try to explain people. I think they're super fast, and that's why they gotta be superhuman. Well, Really, if you think about it, you know, put a sign in a yard and drive by it doing 20 miles an hour. And it goes by like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you'd be surprised. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Jen asked, what color was the eye shine? I've seen greenish yellow. I saw like a reddish orange. It was like a dark seeded orange, not quite red, but not quite orange either. Yeah, um, that's that's what I think that's what we were talking about that made chills go up my spine. Me and you were talking about comparing because that one time that I've seen eye shine near my camp, and that was before I had my encounter. Uh, yeah, because it was kind of amberish, that kind of orangish, reddish, you know, the amber color, which I was like, holy shit, that's kind of what I saw too, Steve. <laughs> Um, just, uh, oh, you know, what's you know, screwed up. I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at my play screen up on the, on the thing. And, and I just realized that, uh, I'm saying Joe's talking, but I don't see or hear anything and I'm looking at the wrong screen, <laughs> but, um, oh, there we are. We have, uh, Charlie Wonton in the house. <laughs> Hey, Charlie. And, um, yeah, I mean, flying squirrels, and you know, flying squirrels have pretty big eyes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have big eyes for little critters. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it definitely uh, played out in my mind. The first one, especially, played out in my mind uh, for quite some time. Um, you know, driving home, I remember just going, oh, what did I see? What did I just see? Yeah. You get a um, lot of different eye shine in Kentucky, but if you run across a red, red or orange, amber type color, specifically red, yeah, better take a second look. <laughs> and then again, closer. eye shine, eye shine can differentiate, of course, type of light being used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Angle of refraction, yeah. humidity. You know, uh, power of the light. It, it can, it can, you know, change quite a bit. That's Some of the stuff. Was, that's why I was wondering if that had something to do with the color I was seeing because I wasn't shining any kind of. It, it was just I caught the, that eye shine just from the firelight from my fire was catching yep. the eyes. So I didn't know. Uh, and I, asked- and I don't know if it was actually a Bigfoot. The eyes were pretty far up off the ground, and I did hear something walking up like it was pretty unconcerned. I thought I was actually going to be a person that walked into my camp and say, hey, man, what's up, or whatever, because I actually heard it walking up like totally unconcerned. And then when I looked, and it stopped, and when I looked up, and I didn't see anything at first, 
and I was just playing the harmonica really badly, like I do. And uh, I kept playing the harmonica, and I looked up, and that's when I caught the eye shine. I'm like, that's pretty high up. So my mind starts going, is it an owl sitting in a tree or whatever? But then it disappeared. And I realized when I heard it walking away, the reason they disappeared is because it turned around. Whatever it was, turned around and walked. So was it a Bigfoot? I don't know. In my mind, to be honest, I will say that I've always thought that it was a Bigfoot. Can I be absolutely positive because all I saw was eye shine or heard some noise? No, I guess I can't be 100%. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, you also have to think, too. Um, You have to think as well. uh, You know, am I being biased because I had a traumatic sighting? You know, now I hear something and, and, you know, we go to that default, you know, something's right. walking around large, it's eyes are high off the ground, you know. Um, right. right. After the know, fact, because I had that encounter, because so could my encounter be affecting that memory right. previous of seeing eye shine and going, oh, wow, that must have been yeah. Rasta. Well, I don't know that. I don't yeah. know that for 100%. Yeah. One of, one, one of the big things is like. You know, especially like in my my area, you know, if you saw that on Link, the Lincoln Mountain episode we had last year. I believe it was episode 72. Um, that's okay, Jay. And Jay can't get it to work, so for whatever reason. Um, uh, it, it, Jay, if anything, uh, I don't know, it may be in the settings of the StreamYard. If you hit that little, um, like, cog on there that says settings on your StreamYard panel, uh, you may have to select it to the proper audio, um, uh, the, the proper audio feed. So um, feel free to give it a try if you want. If not, we, you know, we'll get you, we'll get you hooked up some other time. Um, hey, and it's Jeff from Pine Island Research. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good, hey. sir. I haven't hey, seen you in a while. Yeah. Come on and say hi. Hello, and that's a nice cow hat. Yeah, I wore it for Derek. So if Derek's in the chat, he can yep. identify. But let me just finish what I was saying to, to Joe. It's like when we went to Lincoln Mountain, I remember hearing that walking, and I, and I turned around and said, Whoa, well, I, I don't want people to think that I think a Bigfoot's walking toward me. Could be a bear, it could be a moose, because we do have moose in that area too. So, and that's what I was more afraid of. It was, if I knew it was a Bigfoot, I'd be like, okay, good. But I didn't. And my, my first thought was on the more common uh, apex predators that are out there. And even though a moose is not carnivorous, uh, it, sure stopped my, it sure stopped my ass. <laughs> yeah, they can be dangerous, man. That's what There's I There's very few animals that you don't want walking up on you more than a moose. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've never actually seen a moose in the wild. I haven't. I know that there's certain places in the Adirondacks where there are moose. Um, but I've never seen them. I've seen moose tracks and I've seen moose scat. So therefore, I'm pretty sure that they're there. I've never actually seen a moose, but I've always heard that. that and I know they're huge. And I know that. But, you know, the first time I ever heard somebody said, man, be careful of moose. They're really dangerous. I'm like, what? It's a moose. But then again, 
I never thought a white-tailed buck could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, moose get up to 1,800 pounds, you know. I mean, it's just, and they have very poor eyesight, so they get nervous easily when they're close to something, and they can't immediately identify what it is. Now they start freaking out. And I think they say, I've seen it here, moose are one of the most displaced big game animals there are. I mean, we see moose in the middle of cornfields in Iowa, South Dakota. I mean, how they get seven, 800 miles out of their normal range is beyond me. But every year they show up in cornfields around down here in the Dakotas. They They take an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they, we know they don't do lift <laughs> well i i have archery hunted moose before up in up in uh manitoba wow and one of the interesting things about them when you get them in even when they're 40 50 yards away these guides will hold canoe paddles up and just rock back and forth because that moose is their eyesight is so bad they actually think from 40 yards away that's another bull moose Mm. Yeah, that's why they go after dogs, too, because they think they're wolves. It's not really. They do not like big dogs at all. Um, Yeah, I I would not want to. So what's new? Uh, What's new, Jeff? Well, not a lot. Uh, Just getting out of, just finishing doing some writing, and we got pheasant hunting season starting out here. That's a that's about as big as Christmas in the upper Midwest here. So, I uh, am. And Chris says, how flipping big is the arrow you use to shoot a moose with? Well, I hunt whitetail with a 400 grain uh, arrow. You know, the whole total weight of the arrow is about 400 grains. But with moose, you, it's usually around six, 650 grain weight of the arrow. So it's just a little bit heavier shaft. The broadhead really isn't any different. Um, most people go. will not, you, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of these archery broadheads. Some of them are expandable where they flip open. And they those mechanical style broadheads, they don't like using those on moose because they they break. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you want a nice big old style uh, two or three bladed broadhead that, can go through a rib bone, you know, if it had. Yeah. I think those expanding ones aren't allowed in New York state. Yeah. Some of them are allowed. They're just, they can't, they can't total more than like an inch and a quarter in diameter. You know, they have a cutting diameter, but I know there's still some States that don't allow them just because they are prone to failure. And well, there's no way uh, you could put me in the same field with a moose and me have a bow and arrow. No, no, no. That's not happening. Uh, you know, I want a 50 BMG or something huge. <laughs> well, the guide that I hunted with when I was archery hunting moose, he had a 338 Lapua and he had yeah. a uh, Desert Eagle 50 cal. <laughs> that, yeah. Just because of the bear and everything else that are right. It's not. It's not the guy that does how to hunt, right? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Oh Lord! You mean how to read emails? Yeah. I, I, has anybody <laughs> ever seen him hunt? I mean, I. The property well, he, in his background looks like it'd be fun to hunt, but I've never 
you know, I know in the old day before he started doing this, he did hunting videos. But I've never seen any of them. Yeah, and you never see him looking for Bigfoot in the field either. <laughs> well, he's always got the sat phone with the crew up somewhere, you know, calling him, telling him everything, but he's never there with them, it seems like. Hang on a second. Know, the All nicest right. thing I can say about him myself is that if he was really a good hunting guide and et cetera, and he may have been, um, he probably should have stuck with that. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, uh, hi, you doing? Uh, I, I got this email yesterday. Uh, I saw a Sasquatch crossing the road. Um, and I asked him for a dollar because he needed lunch. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't put the swank background of the mountains behind me, but. Yes. You gotta have mountains in the background oh, and standing. We have, we in have snow. a thumbs up. Hey, we got a thumbs up. Hello, Jay. Finally, I don't know what the world's going on with my YouTube. <laughs> you spill a chocolate malt on your. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can sign in to the studio, but I. It won't let me X out of YouTube. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But I finally figured out something. I don't know what I did. How's it going, guys? It's going wonderful. Good. Well, it's good to see a face to a name we see sure most is. weeks here in chat. So good to see you, yeah. Jay. Yeah. So I understand that you have quite the incredible story as an 18-year-old, and we would be honored if you would tell us it. Oh, everybody's heard it, Steve. Everybody, I, I think I you and Chris are the only one never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, if the folks don't mind. Uh, oh, oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, we, we have Killer Clown. <laughs> Hello, Killer Clown. Okay, that's creepy. <laughs> Started Halloween early. We got one. We got one. Uh, do, 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 do. Well, what do you know? Well, Jay, I will tell you, I would not mind listening to it again because well, I've heard you share it several times, and it's always great to hear well, you share it if you're willing to. I won't tell the the long version. I'll tell. I won't tell the long-winded version. How's that? Uh, I was born in Western Kentucky, over around twenty miles from Land Between the Lakes. Okay. And uh, had a big, we had a big farm. My dad had a big farm. We had 2,400 acres. And I know Chris knows what the LBL is. And I think you've been there, haven't you, Steve? I sure have. Big place, isn't it? Yeah, huge. A lot of woods. And LBL runs all the way from the dams of Kentucky and Barkley Lake all the way into Tennessee. And then it turns into the trace all the way to the Mississippi River. So you're talking about 400 miles of woods, okay? Well, that's where I was born and raised, okay? I hunted. My dad bought me a 410 when I was nine years old, taught me how to shoot it and everything. And I started squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting and uh, 
I loved squirrel hunt. I mean, I literally loved squirrel hunt. And back in those days, in 1966, you squirrel hunted to make money. That's how I went on dates and things, you know. I'd, I'd get a, if I didn't turn the squirrel up bad or the rabbit or the quail, whatever I was shooting, I would get a quarter for a squirrel. I'd get a quarter for a quail. I'd get 50 cents for a rabbit. I always tried to head shoot them if I could, you know. Because if I got a headshot squirrel, I'd get fifty cents for it. Okay, <laughs> and uh, so I would—I used to squirrel hunt in the state of Kentucky. Back in those days, squirrel season always came in on the fifteenth or the seventeenth of uh, August, always. So I was ready. I just graduated from high school. Just turned 18 years old and getting ready to go to college. So I knew I had about a month before college started. Austin P. University. You know where that's at, Chris? You've heard of that, I know. Austin P. Uh, Austin P., yeah. Go P. That's, you remember the, go, go, the football or basketball game? They say, <laughs> they say go I'm, P. <laughs> I'm not familiar with it, but that's over in Western Kentucky. So Western it may be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. To get back to my story, uh, I was ready to go. And by then, by the time I was 18, I'd already graduated to a 22 long rifle, uh, Ruger, uh, 10-22 Ruger. Oh. I had a 10-power Leopold scope on it. Mm-hmm. You look at that scope and a darn squirrel looked like a groundhog. That's what it looked yeah. like. <laughs> Let me dip. Hold on. So, uh, I was ready. Squirrel season came in on the 17th that year. I remember that well because this happened to me on the 19th. Went to 17th, got a lemon of squirrels, came back home. Went to 18th, got a lemon of squirrels, even popped a couple of rabbits on the way back home. The woods I was hunting wasn't my property. It was across the way from me on a ridge on a neighbor's property, another guy, another farm. And uh, a creek ran right right through his property. And this creek was kind of on a ridge, about a 50-foot ridge. I walked into the woods that day. It was a half, three-quarters of a mile walk to get to where I was going. I mean, I hunted all over that country, but it's First day of the season, I went to the easiest place, you know, <laughs> first few days. Yeah. So uh, I got in there that morning on the 19th, right a little bit, little bit before daybreak, and I had this big old stump. It was sitting right under a gumball tree, and a gumballs. Chris knows this. Gumball is a great big tall tree, and the nuts on them a little bit bigger than a walnut, but they're bitter. Oh, they're so bitter. Humans can't even eat them, but squirrels love them, I'm telling you. And I always sit under that tree because I always pop a couple up, up under that tree, and then I'd move on, you know. Well, that morning, I, I was sitting there under that stump, breaking daylight. I heard these pigs squealing. 
off in the distance. And uh, we had wild, we had wild board in, in that area, big ones, I mean. And I heard these pigs squealing. They were a distance away, but I could hear them pretty good. And they kept getting closer and closer and closer. Well, this, there was a trail where I came in on where us kids, we used to ride bikes and motorcycles and all kind of stuff through them. We spent our whole life in those woods yeah. all over that area. And I was sitting there on that stump and then pigs got closer and closer. And all of a sudden they ran right in front of me, just right in front of me. Well, as they was running in front of me, there's a bunch of saplings over to the left of that pretty good sized saplings to the left of that big old tree. That gumball tree. Oh, it's huge. They're huge around They're Oh, five and six feet around. They're a great big tree. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I caught in my peripheral vision, I caught this black object, you know, black, but I was so focused on all them frigging pigs running by me, squealing and hollering and everything. And then I lost sight. This is all happening real fast. You know, it, you know, this it happens in seconds, you know. Yeah. Well, that black object disappeared behind that tree and then it reappeared in front of me. This is 1966. I had no idea. I'd seen bear, but this was no bear because I kept this quiet for 55 well, 56 years now. Mm. And I just started telling this. Matter of fact, Joe's show was the first time I ever told anybody. I was on Joe's show. Mm -hmm. And I told it on Russell's show, Mog's show. And this actually is the third time I've told it right here. I just don't tell it a lot, okay? It took me years to get over this. The reason I think I started coming on YouTube was to validate what the Dickens I saw because it was 1982 before I ever seen the PG film. Mm -hmm. I never, I just, I had other things in my life to do. Sure. And when I saw that creature, I'm 18 years old. I went home and told my mother about it. My mother had seen one. She, my mother was from East Tennessee. She's a mountain woman. She knew all about these things, and she's she's the one brought me back. I was white as a ghost when I walked in that my home, and I was scared out of my wits. I mean, I couldn't sleep for three or four days. I I went sleepless. You know, the first year. I was a nervous wreck. I, I didn't hardly sleep any. If I slept two hours a, a night, it was a miracle. Going to college and trying to do that, trying to have relationships and friendships. My first year, that year, my 18 to 19, I was effed up. I'm telling you, I was a messed up dude. But my mother kept talking to me and stuff like this. And thank God, my mother was a godsend, I'm telling you. And she made me realize that never to tell anybody about this because I had the rest of my life to live. You know, I had my whole life in front of me 
And she said, you know, if you tell anybody this, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to criticize you. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you fool. And you got your whole life in front of you, son. Just keep it between us. So I just didn't tell nobody. I don't told nobody. And I had a lot of sleepless nights. I, I still see that damn thing to this day. To this day, it wasn't 20 feet from me. This thing was 20 feet from me. I'm not good on size. It wasn't eight or nine feet, but it was a good seven, seven and a half feet. Had a chest on it that looked like a 55-gallon drum. Narrow waist. It, it wasn't fat. It, was a narrow, it wasn't like a football player, narrow-waisted. It was more like a, not what you call square, but you could see its waist starting to form. And its yeah. legs were, oh, my God, you can't be, believe how big its thing's arms and legs were. I'm starting to shake, guys. I'm sorry. When I when I get into this, I start shaking. Okay. And uh, the reason I know it was something humanoid or something like us. It had no snout. It had a nose. I hate saying this. I say and I say this. This is the third time I've talked about this. It had a nose like a black man's nose. You know how they widen out? Some mm -hmm. of them do. Thin lips. It did have longish, not super longish hair, but his hair was kind of in a longish. I'll put it that way. Because when it was when it ran by, this happened like four seconds, and then it disappeared through the woods that I never... He was still after those pigs. I don't think this thing even knew I was on the face of the earth. He was yeah. so in tune to hunting them pigs that he didn't even know I was around. Yeah. Okay. And I sat there for about 20 minutes and I know I was in shock because I had never seen anything and probably never will in my lifetime, anything like that. The reason I say I, I'm a, this is the last thing I'm gonna say. The reason I know it was more humanoid because you guys have been in the woods. You know when the woods, the the sun starts streaming through the woods, you'll see those streaming streaks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Them, them streaks was hitting that thing, and its ear was exactly like my ear on the side of its head. It wasn't on top of its head. It, yeah. I don't. I don't. I know I'm not a. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I don't believe in dog man. Okay, I'm yeah, not a dog. Yeah, man. Perfectly. Yeah, I'm hey. not a big dog man fan myself. But its ear, that light hit that thing on the side of its head. I could see its face. It, I didn't see the face of it. I saw all I saw was the profile, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of them light streams hit that thing, and I picked that ear up, and I I can still see that ear to this day. That's what stood out to me more than anything of the whole creature. And that was my story. That's what happened to me. So you're saying the ear is pretty flat to the head. It didn't come. Right. Out right. It, yeah. It was, it was, it looked like it was bigger than mine, of course, but it was right on the side of its head. Well, well, first of all, Jay, let me thank you for sharing that with us. 
Um, and I know it's it, it's it takes a toll when you tell it. I can tell it you've yeah, had a lot uh, of trauma because of that yeah. um, sighting. And we've talked about that on the show in the past. And I know you've heard that. Yeah. So I, I want to thank you. And, and I know every time you tell it, it, it probably gets a little bit easier. So all I, and you're in like uh, Jen made a great, great comment too. You're amongst family here. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I realize that. But that's the reason I came. I, I don't want to, I don't want to take up the whole show, but uh, <laughs> that's the reason I started coming to, I didn't even know when I first started coming to YouTube, I came on for golf and fishing and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I just happened to was scanning through one thing and saw a Sasquatch show. Matter of fact, I think it was Pat's show. And I punched on it. Leon was there. I can't remember. I know Leon was there. I think uh, CC uh, was there. Yep. And a few of those guys. And I just started listening to these people talking. I was watching chat and I said, there's people out there exactly like me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've talked to, you know, a number of people throughout the years um, that were that were credible, that I found credible. And Jay, when he told me his story, automatically he entered that group of people. Yeah. Of credible people. Because I could tell by the, when he told that story on my show, I could tell just by his body, by his reactions when he was telling it that this man's not making up a story. He's reacting to something that he saw, you know? And so I, I and I know what that feels like myself. So yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that was it. It's like right now, my whole body is shivering. It, it makes me yeah. shiver sometimes. Jay, well, this is the third. This is the third time that I've heard you share your story, and it, I wouldn't say that it was difficult for you to convey what happened and the details and stuff. But it, honestly, it certainly wasn't easy. Obviously, each time, even now, it doesn't really get easier. And everybody's story has different elements. It, they're all uniquely different. And I, if it's any validation, you know, all three times I've heard you share it, I have, I mean, I knew that it was genuine the first time I heard it, but hearing it three times, I haven't heard any inconsistency or anything in the way that you tell it that would make someone feel that it's not believable or that this happened to you. So I would never worry about that here in the community. And Quite honestly, if somebody was yes. to say in chat they didn't believe you, it's not your burden to make them believe you. So just well, like I've told everybody before, I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> I could care less, you know. You know. But you know, you said you said the most. Said, a lot of times, I said a little bit more abrupt. I have to admit that, but but I could care less, you know. I'm you, you said the most. Years. Yeah, you said the most important thing to all of us that we, that we all caught. I think was that. You know, I, I, I went and, and the, the more I heard, the more I feel validated. You right. just wanted to feel validated. Absolutely. You, that's all. You, yeah. And that's all a legitimate witness wants. And I, I could see out of the reaction and in your intonation that you're reliving it. And I, oh. I've seen that before in legitimate witnesses. So, again, I, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for telling your story. Really, it means a lot to me. You don't realize, even the people in chat, 
a lot of, they're all friends of mine. You, you guys saved my life. I'm telling you, you just, I, I've kept this for 56 years, folks. You know, it's a lot of years to keep inside. And Jay, it's never going to get easier to tell it, really. I mean, because this is something that was so impactful when it happened to you that, you know, it's not like after telling it a hundred times, it gets easier. There's, when I talk about my encounter, there are elements of it that really, I they don't really get to me that much. And then there's other, I don't care if I've told it 500 times. When I talk about my friend's little brother and how it affected him and how seeing yeah. him react, I, I mean, I get tears in my eyes immediately because I feel like I'm there again, like this is yeah. happening again. Yeah. So, you know, it's never going to get easier just because you told it three times or 10 times or 50 times. But I think that you do the community a blessing every time you care to share it because there's always somebody hearing it for the first time. And you don't know if it's a somebody like you who went 50 some years and didn't tell anybody. And now they're saying, Hey, I feel like I can talk about what happened to me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and, the one who feels, I'm the one who feels blessed guys. Don't think I'm the one who feels blessed by finding you folks. Well, you know, it makes me feel blessed too, is that tonight we're joined by our good friend, Leon from Bigfoot Okanagan. And it's so good to see you brother again. Good um, I, I'm going to give you a different perspective. Um, I'm just watching the show with fascination. I, I didn't come on earlier because Jay, you were telling your story. And I wanted to hear your whole, whole story. Joe, remember that film you sent me, the, the documentary we're going to be doing tomorrow? Yes. There's a reason why I'm talking about this. It all folds together. But what I'm watching on the screen right now with you guys. Uh, remember the, the psychic part of that documentary yes okay what i want you to do is watch it again and watch the psychic and watch where her eyes go always to this way you're right always watch his body language with his eyes it's not moving to the right at all the other thing is if you were you on the video later on after it's live you rewind the video you know how he said just before he said i'm shaking like that there was one type his time his breath changed it was the time when he came home and he saw his mom and she saw that he and he, he went right into that's when his breath breathing went really really quick i don't know if you guys caught it but it's great body language to watch for this guy is telling us totally what has happened that's what he's telling you Everything is but it's interesting for me watching this other thing <laughs> to me was okay, if this guy was lying to us, say we don't know Jay's just on here with the show, all four of us or three of us, you three, would have been um you know, doing you're listening to what he's saying and all this kind of stuff, but your brain's just working on trying to figure out, you know, is he yeah. missing something? And you honestly, we all do yeah. that. That's what we're assessing data about. But the neat thing was all four of you shut up, or three, yeah, four, one, two, three, four, you shut up. And you shut up for the whole time. What does that tell you? You got four people who are critical thinkers listening to somebody, Jay, you need to hear this, listening to somebody tell a story that he's so terrified about that you can see physical reaction in his body, hyperventilating way before he even said, oh, I, it really reacted me. If you watch that old body language, that's a real person yeah. there experiencing something real in the moment, watch his eyes. 
you can tell what you know it's like when someone hugs you you can either feel your hug go in you can they can feel your hug go in or you can feel both your hugs go in or no one's hugs go in and it's kind of the same way when you're looking at this level of what what i get to see from just watching at home i'm just sitting thinking i tell you we've come a long hell of a way i'll tell you in the last few years online with yeah. quality, like with what uh, matt did the other day and what pat did before then and uh, about just come on, stop the craziness. You know, that was a great line that Matt said in his video. You know, like, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, you'll have to leave. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. I can't pretend. And I just, it's just neat to watch you, like watching you four guys. Like I wanted to jump in a long time ago, but, but just lit, watching what you do objectively from an observer's perception. So I want to bring that angle in for you, Jay, too, is that, okay, maybe <laughs> because I'm here, I'm not making a bloody sound, you don't have a camera on me, but these three, four guys are there listening to your story and they're all shut up. So they can read your body language intuitively a bit well as well too. So that, and, it, and that you had the whole time, you're not deceptive. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that shit happened to you. I disagree a little bit with Jeff there where he says you'll never get over it. I think you will get over it. You get over it by owning it. So you get over it. I get it. Well, I, I'm not saying he won't get over that. I guess my point was is it's always going to be probably to where it makes On, let's start the first debate of the night. <laughs> I, what I meant was I think he's always going to feel emotional when he does it like that. Yeah. Right? You know, he feels yeah. like he has to say, well, no, I'm sorry, point, guys. And you don't need to do that. You know? Yeah, I didn't mean and, negative. And, just, to me, it's just, and Jay, one, one thing that maybe I can suggest that helps is someday you get the time, write your story down on paper. If if not for yeah. anybody to read, but for yourself and reflect on it. Okay. And it will help you. Uh, I know it helped a lot with Brian Goslin, uh, the police officer that is citing very much like you. Uh, he would get all breathy when he was reliving that. And, uh, yeah, you know, well, we, he was reliving it right at the scene of, of where it happened. And I remember being there with him. And writing it down really took a lot. It gave him a lot of perspective. I have to turn. Donald was saying that. I have to turn my head. I can't. I I can't hear nothing in my right ear. There's the reason you see my turn. I have to. Yeah. My sound so low. I have to turn my head so I can hear you guys. <laughs> well, Steve Donald was saying that in chat. Donald's had. Uh, Donald Fuller's had a, a pretty. I would say in an, account, uh, an encounter that he experienced that seems when he talks about it in chat and he hasn't talked about it in detail, just letting people know he's had this encounter, that it's difficult for him. And he oh, said, man. I don't think I'll ever get in chat. Things, I don't think I'll ever get to where I'm you just, on screen. Don, Don, what you need to do is just write it down. Just what, yeah, start yeah. from the top. Tell in, in when you're writing about tell how you feel. It's kind of a way of like journaling almost, but just write what you saw, write how you felt at the time, write how it made you feel, write how it made you feel afterwards. And, and write how, you know, joining a community like this is helping you cope with what you had seen. And yeah. maybe it'll start putting things, those things into perspective for you. Right. I, I, I kind of get, get what Jeff means because like, yeah, even now, I mean, and especially like when I was talking to Leon, and um thomas well and more so when i was talking to leon specifically and leon was talking to me about it uh, because thomas pretty much did his interview like he would interview any witness of it 
and went through that. But then Leon kind of delved into it differently and was asking me about specifics about the thing. And Leon took me right back to that spot in that instance. And I did. I felt everything that I felt that day when I was talking to him. So I, I get what you're saying. And I probably always will feel that because I can even if I if I think about see like my scalp is tingling now because I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about what I saw. And that's always I think that's always going to happen to me because <clears throat> when I when I think about what I saw, man, I mean, that was. Yeah. So anyway, that's my point. I, I, I get what you're saying. And I think it, it is it is easier for me to tell the story now, but I do still have those reactions when 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 I, if i'm talking to somebody like leon who's asking me about it and knows how to actually take the person back to that moment i'll probably always feel that that stuff well i don't think i, I don't think i take anyone back either i don't have i don't know you pretty much did with but your, i do try to get you back to your humanity and that's what we're talking about what you've seen on jay's face all night in that interview when he was telling that story was his humanity and that's why we all shut up that's why I was watching. That's why I'm people, not, I, people I, I, I realized I'm thinking and analyzing instead of I am actually believing what this guy's saying because your brain switches from your left to your right brain, and and so that's happening as I'm watching you guys, which I'm doing already. So you guys are reflecting, and I'm viewing at home. Remember, I'm not where. I mean, yeah, I know you guys are, but you're on the show, kind of thing. And so uh, it's just it's 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 humanity. It's raw humanity. <laughs> it's great to see. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you guys like you guys all care for each other it's, it's nice to see that you know I, I wasn't trying to be mean to jeff earlier there about that idea no, I, I didn't think you were no offense it's not mean to disagree I, I was curious though like for steve and chris and joe you guys especially as we were listening to jay have one thing that i noticed is um it made me realize that when I'm in person talking to somebody and they're sharing an encounter that happened where you can really see them, not just on a camera screen. Um, when you really assess this and realize this person's sharing a genuine encounter, like I cannot, I have no reason to doubt what this person's telling me as they're sharing it. I almost feel like I got to like, I got to step backwards. Like I got to give this guy space because of, of what they're feeling as a, you know, I mean, I almost feel like that way with Jay, like when he's sharing that, even though I've heard this before, I feel like I kind of got to like lean back. Like I just, I want him to feel comfortable sharing it. And I don't want to be like in his face while he does. It's like, he's going through something here. Let's all just step back and let him yeah, do yeah, it, no. you know? Yeah, just be there. Yeah. I like, tell a lot of people, I tell a lot of folks, a lot of people in, in, uh, in chat that uh, you might want to watch out what you're wishing for if you ever see one. Because I'm here to tell you, it, it changes your whole life. People, people, <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> people like Joe and myself and Jeff, they'll all agree with it. You cannot believe. The enormous, the enormity of the size of these things. Okay. Tall. Mm -hmm. Nice, always that. Uh, just well, I, height, I, but. I noticed that too when you talk to people who have had encounters. 
somebody has seen one from 100 yards away or, you know, 150 yards away, whether it was crossing a road or it was on the other side of a field, they can usually share those details and share the experience. And even though they're a little, a lot of times they're a little bit conflicted themselves with what they, you know, like, when, I'm just saying, when you're 15, 20 feet away from one, you can check down every animal you know about, and none of them fit, right? Yeah, yeah you don't really From 150 point, yards this, away, right? I could see where even though you can't find one that fits, you're still in doubt a little bit. But, you know, Jay, when you say you're 20 yards away from it, I mean, you're not like some kid who grew up in the inner city of Chicago and never seen a cow or a deer or any or a big animal before. I mean, you, you've been in the woods and you see this thing all of a sudden from 20 yards away. You, you, you might not have known that first second what it was, but you knew what it wasn't. I never, I quit hunting squirrels. I never went back in those woods ever again. I didn't quit hunting. I still bird hunted. I loved bird hunt too. I still bird hunted, but I didn't ever, I haven't been squirrel hunting since. And I, I gave up a passion. The guys in Moggs' room, a lot of them told me, you need to go back to that spot. This May, me and my son, I went to visit my son, blew up her, and I went back. The big old gumball tree is still there. The stump is rotted away. It's still there, but it's not there. It's rotted a lot more, okay? We're talking about 50 years. And it was probably 30 or 40 years old stump when I was a kid sitting on it, okay? So it's old, that stump is almost gone, but it's still there, okay? I was going to film it. My son was filming it, and I told him when I sat down on on what was left of that stump, I told my son, I said, turn that damn camera off. Lock it. I'm the one that has to deal with this. I know people want to see it, but I'm the one that has to deal with this. I told him, turn the camera off and just let me sit here a while. I sat there and I relived the whole thing with my eyes closed. Every second, every from walking in those woods that morning, actually from getting up that morning, putting my my uh, hunting vest on, putting my hunting pants on. I can even tell you what shirt I had on. <laughs> I had one of those red and black plaid shirts on. And uh, I'd cut the sleeves out because it was too hot to, for sleeves. I can tell you, I can even tell you what I ate that morning. And I sat there and relived the whole thing. Till that thing went out of my sight. And I got up from my stump and I said, I'm ready to go. He said, well, we can't leave. Yeah, let's walk on down. Because he, he knew that area some too and i said well let's go down to the creek so we walked down to the creek it's about a 50 foot that straight downhill drop we wandered around there and walked around a while 
came back up and I, I said, are you ready to go now? He said, yes. So we left and this probably people probably think this was childish, but I turned around and I shot in darn wood, that darn area of the bird. I said, you lived in my head for 50, it was 55 years at the time. I said, you've been in my head for 55 years and gosh, dang it, I won. And I turned around. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Good for you, Jay. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. And you're right. If you didn't want the camera to be on that, that's for you. It's not for anybody yeah. else. Yeah, I was the one that had to I was the one that had to deal with this. Yep. You know. I'm just pointing out again, all, all of us shut up there in that whole chunk thing. You know? yeah. <laughs> not a few of us. But thank God for my mother. My mother <laughs> She's one. She told me. She said, "Jay, you got to come out of this because you got the rest of your life to live. You know, you're 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 still a young pre man. What she called me, you're a pre man, and you got the rest of your life to live. You know, she just keep it quiet. Just don't tell nobody. I never even told my daddy. I never even told my father." I wanted to mention, Jay, I was reading the comments and Raptor and said, I thought, Jay, he thought your first experience was with you when you were with Stevie in the mountain, Arizona. And I just wanted to let Raptor know, actually, when Jay shared his version of what he decided to share with us and what happened in Arizona, one of the first things Jay said when he was sitting in the truck and looking out the front window was, God, don't tell me this is happening to me again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, it, it's, I, it's, that was this. Yeah. This I don't. Happened before Arizona. I, I don't. I don't want to go. Stevie and Judy and I have decided that's our. That's us. We don't want to talk about it no more. Yeah. But I did when I. Whatever I saw, I have no clue to this day what I, what we saw. Yeah. But I did when I saw that thing and I looked at it. Oh, it was I know I started that thing for five or six minutes before I even said anything to Stevie. And I said out loud, I said, Stevie, I'm mean, not Stevie, I said, Lord, why are you doing this to me again? <coughs> wow. And his answer was No. <laughs> I, said, I don't think he answered me this time. I don't think he answered me as well. <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe, maybe the answer was he helped you meet people like us. So to help you yeah. tell the story. Okay. I probably would have asked him that as soon as the tire was blown out on the truck. <laughs> Why but, uh, you I mean, I don't want to. I mean, yeah. a lot of, I'm not a researcher. I, can, I mean, I like to listen to all you guys, but I don't ever want to see one of them frigging things ever again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> And Jay, Jay's one of those examples. There are people, man, like me, even though, yeah, it was scary. I'm over here being an investigator as a hobby for 45 years, and I I want to see another one. Not like that, but I want to see another one. Yeah, so but I think you got the, people like Jay who do see them. Yeah. And like, man, I, I don't ever want to see something like that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I, like, I, I in the idea, but he was not. He never the it wasn't it was for the Patterson film and all that kind of stuff. So he was in there blind. So he experienced. You had years of you know right. thirty years of knowing about a Sasquatch. Yeah. Here, this right. guy, he knows nothing. Right. You know, that, that's, that's the other difference. Yeah, yeah. I believe easy. I would react. Let's say I was in my fifties, 
and I had Bigfoot has come on scene. Okay, it's been talked about, and I had I would know more about it. It might not have affected me the way I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know. I don't know, but I just don't think it would have. I was an 18 year old nobody, you know. I didn't know what a friggin' I didn't I didn't know what a Sasquatch was or a Bigfoot or whatever they call them friggin' things, you know. Yeah. I had no clue about them things, you know. So, so uh, as you see the little chat there, <laughs> yeah, you're just finished reading it. Yeah, <laughs> not during the show. They have time to research <laughs> in parentheses. So, you know. Hey, why don't you ask us that in person? The link's in the jet right sure, there. Sure, I'd let you pop yeah. on ask us. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I've never made a dollar researching. I've never made a living at it. I'm well, no, no, they, they're asking you seem to be on every show. When do yeah. you have time to research? <laughs> well, when do I have time to sell homes and be a, a real estate broker too, you know, and a dad? I got two kids, you know. Somehow it all works out, right? Yeah, I don't think I, I've seen him in a lot. Of, I don't think he actually meant none of us, you guys. I don't. I don't include myself. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> no, I think he does. Not, I think he does, but it's a fair question. And I'll I, tell I you, think, for myself, uh, Lil Kilroy, yeah, you're, you're right. And and I prefer investigator than researcher. I don't know why. It's just a little thing. I don't care. Um, but because really, what I do is investigate. You know, really is what I call it. Um, the reason I'm on it, yeah, I am doing this right now because you're right. I can't get out into the woods right now, but I used to be out there because of health issues and some financial problems. I used to be out there quite often, but yeah, you're right. We're on a lot of shows right now because I'm doing what I can to try to bring awareness to, you know, some of the just outright BS that's being propagated online. That's what I'm trying to do. So. That's well, my answer. Well, well I would I would say don't fall into the trap of thinking that that was an innocent question. That was a question made to get a rise out of somebody. And, sure. you know, the fact is all researchers are different. There's going to be researchers that are probably out in the field for three, four months at a time. And there's others that go camping five times a year and while they're on a three or four day trip they're out trying to research whatever they can discover i mean this idea that a researcher punches a clock from eight to five every day is a little yeah. ridiculous morning, yeah. Al, morning fred remember that wild coyote in there. yeah oh yeah yeah morning see you later george yeah. Later. Yeah. um yeah like, it would be nice to be out there every day, absolutely. Or at least every other day, hitting it hard. I mean, doing you know, uh, eight to 12, maybe even 16 miles a day in the woods, trekking, looking. I can, uh, I can tell you this, Chris. Last year, well, it's been almost you know, <laughs> I every Thursday and every Friday, two days a week, I did it. And I'm talking like from five in the morning until you know three in the afternoon, kayaking up a river, kayaking back yeah. down. The next day, kayak. I did in 37 weeks. I kayaked almost 1,100 miles, and I can tell you, my body's not made for it. I it took me literally two or three months just to recover from that kind of a regimen. 
Yeah. I did. I, and, and, you know, I get, yeah. I get people saying, let's go do this. Let's go do that. I'm like, dude, you got to find somebody 20 years younger than me. I, I love to go out for three or four days, but I'm not yeah. going to commit to a month of this or a month yeah. of that anymore. Yeah. I'd so like to get I'd like to get with Matt. I'm I live in Florida now. I don't live about eighty miles from Matt, Central Florida, Bigfoot. And I've told Matt I'd like to get with him, but I know what that sucker's gonna do. He's gonna set me out there and use me for bait. I know exactly what <laughs> Hey, you know, I know Matt if he puts a pork chop necklace around your neck, <laughs> check out. <laughs> no, I'm, no, Matt's a great dude. So yeah, I he's yeah. a good guy. I like Matt. Um, but it takes some mileage though to get results, and then even then, you're not guaranteed. You're you know, not guaranteed. Here, here's the thing. Here's what I'd like to say to Little Kilroy: is I don't publish everything I do. In fact, <laughs> oh, it's no. very, very little that I do in the woods goes out. Very little, because I have my protocols, yeah. and then when it's time to put it out, if it's worthy, it goes out. Well, look at Joe. Joe's been hunting what? 44 years he's had one encounter, and it was a, by chance. He wasn't even looking for it that day. You know, your chances of seeing one of those things is one in 10 zillion, you know? Well, Jay, I, as a hunting guide here, and in, in, I'm a registered guide in South Dakota guiding pheasant hunters and mule deer hunters, but I'm part of a network of guides that my dad was a member of, that's 42 different guides, and they're in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. These are guys that don't just go to the park, the campground 10 miles out of town. These are guys that know what wilderness looks right. like in the middle of nowhere. And I have talked to about at least 15 of them, asking them if they've had any experiences or encounters that they can't explain and out of the 15 or so that I've talked to, I've heard from, I think, a total of three that have said, yeah, this time I had something thrown at me. Or I heard something and I know it wasn't wolves or, you know, and they, they're not even talking about class A, I saw it. And so out of those 15, there's 12 of them that made a living over 100 days a year being immersed in the middle of nowhere that never had anything happen to them. Well, see, that's another thing, too the chances of them throwing something you hearing a tree knock or I never heard nothing. I hunted those woods since I was nine years old for you know, my whole life. I never heard a whoop. I never heard a yell. I never, I mean, I saw, you see tree breaks. Every, when you go in the woods, you're going to see tree breaks. You're going to see limbs that are bent over. You're going to see here tree limbs fall. Friggin' woods, you know, but I never heard a snort. Well, I did hear deer snort, don't get me wrong, but I never, and I saw carcasses. Of course, you're going to see that, but I never heard anything that would enlighten me. There was anything like that. Like you what know. you saw? Right. Right. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's it, it's for those who have seen and experienced things. You know, I consider it a, a blessing. But <clears throat> I've I've dealt, and you know that's why it's different for Joe and different for Jay and different for everybody else. 
I've dealt early, early in life with PTSD. So when I had my encounter, I, I was already, I, I already had been past the PTSD stage because I was a paramedic for a number of years and I saw some, some, some really yeah. bad yeah. stuff. So, and I was affected by it for, for a number of years, but eventually I learned to cope with it and understand it. And eventually now it's out of my system. So when I had that sighting, it didn't affect me like other people who, you know, it give it would give them to me. Uh, I had been researching so long anyway. That's what I want to do. I wanted to see it. So when I saw mm -hmm. it, it was like, okay, it still played very big into my mind. Yeah, but it, um, it equipped you. It equipped you to stand and bear under it. Whereas before, like with Jay, he couldn't stand and bear yeah, under it. That's why exactly. Didn't let it go. Right? Exactly. So, and yeah, and I think I, I think having the experience with PTSD early in life kind of helped me for this, yeah, for you sure. know, for this type of thing where it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. You know, reality. I, I I know I'm not worried about going to bed anywhere or any. You know, and I just moved on with my life. But uh, what I did was is that because of that and knowing my my background, that's why people like I don't know if anybody knows Dave Groves. Uh, Dave was another guy who had a really hard time. Joe knows Dave. He had a really hard time getting um, a handle on his sighting. So I had a long talk with him. It was actually at the, the Cabela strange and mysterious weekend one day. And I remember telling him, listen, Dave, I said, you worry. The biggest thing is you're worried about validation. You're worried about what people are going to think about you. Dave, you come up on stage with me. I've heard your story. Come up on stage with me. Tell your story. Not one person is going to say anything bad. to you." And I did. I was talking and I said, I want to bring up a person whose story I believe is a legitimate story put him up there he told it and when he came off the stage afterwards he was like it was like a big weight had been off my chest yeah and wow. you know so i thank you so much Jay. i know how tough it is for you again yeah, and for sure. uh, Makes sense. Yeah. but we are starting to wind down we got like uh six minutes left to show so uh let's talk about you <laughs> Wait, no, we got six minutes. We can solve that in six minutes. I am going to say one more thing. The glide of that thing was so, when it ran by me, the glide of it was so, I'm actually going to say the word graceful. Right. It was unbelievable how smooth that thing came by me. It and was it's, smooth. And his stride was so long because it was running. You know, and I told I told this. I think I said on Joe's show. I believe he was. I've thought of this over the years. I believe he was hurting those things because it, he was running so effortlessly. He could have caught one of them smaller pigs any time he wanted to. I think he was hurting those things because we did have a pinch point. In those woods, there was a trail in front of me in that tree, and there was actually a trail back behind me right on top of that ridge. And I think he was, uh, to this day, I think he was herding those pigs to a pinch point down there. And, and not to add to your stress, but maybe there was another one waiting down at that pinch point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've thought of that many times over the years. Okay? That was a pig drive. That was the blocker down there. But, you know, if, if anything, uh, 
you know, interviewing all the people over I've years, and I, I had a really great mentor in, in when I first started, got into this, who interviewed, you know, hundreds of people on this topic, and he'd been doing it since the early 70s, Bill Brand. And one thing you said to me, Jay, that really resonated with me, and, and it almost, when, when I hear it, it almost, to me, makes this validation uh, saying, hey, this is the real deal, um, is when you mentioned about the ear. Because in a lot of pe people, when they make their sightings, legitimate ones always have something they pick out that really stands out to them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember talking to separately, mind you, two uh, 13-year-old boys, 12-year-old boys. I forget what age they were. They were somewhere between 12 and 14, I think. But, And I remember them each saying what stood out to them was, you know, what did you see? Well, it had breasts. They saw a female. Very strange for a 12-year-old or a preteen to be talking about a Sasquatch <laughs> that has breasts. Yeah. But they're boobs, man. Right? Yeah. But but here, here's a <laughs> but here's you're a, a Sasquatch. I just saw the so, boobs. So here, here's the 12-year-old. But but here's the amazing thing about that. I was at it shows you what a small world it is. I was at a party yesterday at my neighbor's house. They were having a big party, a bouncy house for the kids, and they said, Why don't you come on over? Blah, blah, blah. So I go on over, and you know, I'm, I'm introducing some of the party goers, and you know, my neighbor's introducing, and all of a sudden, one guy looks at me, he goes, I know you. <laughs> you do? He goes, Yeah, I was a little kid who had a the Bigfoot sighting up on, and it was one of the two kids. Wow. wow. What a small world. Wow. I saw and, the Sasquatch boobs. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting though, Jay. Jay, it's interesting that you say one of one of these most things that really stick with you is the is its gait or the way that it moved. Because I've got a guest coming on next month. I'm gonna be interviewing Michael Freeman, who is the son of Paul Freeman, who shot the Freeman footage. And he just finished writing a book about this. And um he said over the years. All the times his dad's talked about, the one thing his dad kept impressing on him is that the whole time this thing moved, its knees were always bent. It never yep. held its legs straight, and it moved yep. with such fluidity yep. that you couldn't even tell it was taking steps. Yep, absolutely. That's what this 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 thing's knees were bent the whole time, and about to. That's what spooked me so bad was when. I sat there in shock was because when that light was streaming in there and it, one of them rays must hit that, hit that ear perfect. That's what spooked me so bad, but so much because there's nothing in those woods supposed to look like that. Bears don't have ears on, on the side of their head. You know, there's nothing in those woods that's they also supposed to be like that. either. Well, that's well, true. You, and you hear people, that's what makes people, I think, all the time try to bring yeah. up this idea that there's some supernatural explanation to how it moves without making sound and how it moves so quickly and this and that. And I'm just thinking, you know, I wrestled with that for a long time in my encounter. How did it get from A to B, like 40, 50 yards, and not make any noise? And, but the more you realize, when you pay attention to these encounters and these descriptions of how it's moving, 
you realize that if you lived in the woods 24 hours a day, seven days a week for decades, maybe it's just that freaking good at it that we can't wrap our head around how good you could get at moving like that. Or, or maybe your mind is trying to make sense of what it's seeing that it's not really paying attention to so what, what it's hearing. That's true. Yep. I know why I didn't hear it because them pigs, you, there was 30 or 40. <laughs> There's th them all squealing. At, you know, you wouldn't hear nothing but those pigs. It's a big ruckus I, there. Yeah. That's why I didn't <laughs> I, hear it. I think Steve's touched on something that Leon could probably opine about for a while. I mean, once one of your senses is shocked so badly that the How rest much go does to, that desensitize everything else? The rest goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, well, I think that's exactly yeah. what... The, the, the problem is, again, when you're objectively thinking of systems, you look at the human being as a uh, person as a system because the bottom line is it's got nothing to do with any of the experiences. It's your 5.5 pounds of jellies of chemi chemicals and pharmaceuticals that are working in your brain <laughs> that are put, trying to make sense of all this. So the more life experiences you have, they become files in your brain. And so Jay, when his experience happened, and Joe, when his experience happened, yours, Jeff, your brains all went in, in your primal brain, went at the speed of light to every one of those bloody file cabinets, trying to make some contextual sense of what the hell and put pieces together. And the problem is, it came down to the end of the files, and there's nothing there. And that's what you see on Jade when you after, after I came, and there's nothing to, here. So there's going to be a file, some kind of reference point. So you're using all the other files that can't quite explain it when you're telling your story or trying to put yourself together psychologically. And so that's when I'm talking about the information he's getting by knowing that. Look at it's important that you know that for a guy like me who's online. I look at you and I say, online, publicly, oh my God, oh my reputation. It's like, uh, this guy's telling you the truth. Again, Joe, watch that video of that psychic and then watch her eyes, what she does compared to what his eyes do. You'll see a lot of data that's in that. And it's just like, you can see delusional makeup thinking. And then you, you can see when he's fabricating, but he's fabricating in a healthy way with his where he's drawing and trying to sort out what he's trying to say to us and if you watch his eyes you'll see if he's in his mind outside in an event a lot of times the last story he said when all you guys became quiet again he he went he went kind of back like this oh, he did something else there too i can't quite remember what it was but it automatically uh, made all you guys again just quiet right now just uh Again, you're talking to a genuine guy. He's telling you a genuine story from what, yeah. you know, do you trust him? Well, do you trust you? You know, your suspicions you have about everybody in the world because you came up from a dysfunctional family. Well, well I don't trust them. Well, how are you going to know the truth when it's sitting in front of you? You can't even recognize it. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm really proud of. It's only taken years for a shift to start happening. And that whole idea about what Steve, you know, Steve did <laughs> since the beginning. And so... And and you think of how long it's been where you can get a group. Of well, I don't know if I've been in since the beginning. I mean, I'm not quite as old as Grover Krantz or John Green, but <laughs> okay, right? You're right. I'm sorry. Well, I apologize. He's definitely been in since <laughs> the beginning of Stop the Lunacy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, guys, it is time to wrap the show up. I want to thank each and every one of you for popping on. And uh, it's so good to see everybody. Jeff, it's been a while. Good to see you, brother. Yeah. Good to see you, Leon, of course, back in action. Joe, I'll see you hopefully in another couple of weeks. 
And Jay, thank you once again for your for your contribution tonight. And I look forward to seeing you in the chat in future weeks. So with that, Chris, do your thing, Chris. Well, again, I want to thank Joe, Leon, Jay, and Jeff. Appreciate y'all coming on here. Thanks again, Jay, for the letting us letting us in on your encounter, your experience. We really appreciate that. And uh, if it's the first time watching on YouTube, guys, you know, give us a like, give us a subscribe, share it. You know, uh, anything you can do to help us out with the algorithm so we can be found. We appreciate it. Uh, we thank. Uh, I want to thank everybody in chat and all the listeners on uh, the podcast. We appreciate you guys too. Stop by the YouTube channel and uh, check out the videos. And give us some love. Okay, we folks. I'm be. <laughs> On behalf of everybody here at Squatch DTV, we want to wish everybody a happy, safe, and healthy week. And, of course, God bless and keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on SquatchDTV.com. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.